Uh, I want to preach today on a message, you're probably thinking you should be preaching on giving, because we're doing a faith promise, send offering type thing. I'm not preaching on giving. I'm preaching on a bigger uh, scope of this, and that is our purpose. A lot of people don't understand the purpose that they have. They live without purpose. And I, and I understand for the world, maybe they're going through it and they're like, money, if I just had more money, if I could achieve this, if I could purchase this, and that is like success. But the Bible never finds or gives us anything of those descriptions of being success or being fulfilled in life. It's not our purpose. You live like that, you live empty. Because that's not your purpose. It's not our purpose whatsoever. It's tragic when you hear about somebody taking their own life and they leave behind that note. And they write these words, I have nothing left to live for. What does that say? They've never found their purpose in Jesus Christ. They never found that fulfillment in something that's greater than a personal relationship here on earth or anything else dealing with money. I want to re-examine as we get into this some terms, because I think maybe we get so caught up in these terms that we lose sight of what they actually mean. So I'm going to ask you guys for audience participation. If you're online, you can just type it in in the, in the, in the comments if you want to participate that way. So um, Dr. Shoemaker used this word. It was the mission of Jesus Christ. Luke 19.10, don't turn there. Let's just watch it on the screen. It says, for the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save that which is what? Okay, that was weak, so we're going to do it again. <clears throat> the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That is the term that he was saying there. Lost means this. It's a biblical term. It means ruin. It means destroyed. It means to die, with, to perish. It means loss. It means something's missing. We know what that is. Jesus went after him because he said, they don't have me. They're sheep having no shepherd, which means that they have no direction. I'm going to go after them because they need direction. The, the word loss also means unable to find one's way. It's like people are saying, I'm going to get to heaven. Well, how are you going to do that? I'm going to do really good works or I'm going to go to church. Well, no, 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 you're lost. That, those things, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. But he is the way. Those that don't have Christ live life lost. I experienced this. I was um, uh, three weeks ago. We were down in Pensacola, Florida. I volunteered to go pick up pizza. We were kind of out in the boonies in an area that didn't have good cell signal. <clears throat> so I pulled out my good Google, and I am uh, going to get pizza at Pizza Hut. I'm driving and driving and driving and driving and in the back of some sort of uh, neighborhood. I'm like, there's no way there's a Pizza Hut here. <clears throat> Look down at my phone. My phone stopped working. My, I, I drove out of network, and I was lost. I had no direction. I didn't know how to get out. I didn't know what to do. So I just started driving till my phone kicked back in and I had direction again because I was lost. Lost. Do you understand that that's where we were before we met Jesus Christ? We were in ruin. We were in the wrong direction. We didn't know where we were going. But let me give you another term. Here, here, here's another verse, okay? It's, it's tied in the same thing. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace are you what? Through faith and that not of yourself that is the gift of God. The word saved means delivered. Man, that word saved means to do well or to be made whole. I could put it like this. The word saved is the opposite of being lost. Now, we, we know that in our terms right now. But it, it means that I, I am now made whole. I have purpose. I have direction in my life. Direction means that I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going. There's a big misconception that happens to Christians, and I'd like to just knock this down in case we have this wrong in our minds. 
salvation was more than just a ticket to heaven. And a lot of people have that. Like, encountered Jesus Christ, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, praise God. And that's not how when Jesus met the disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He said, I'm going I'm to give you purpose in this life. In Corinthians, it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, therefore, if any man meets Jesus, something happens. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's a couple of weeks ago when we had that verse in one of the services that we did. He literally said, the day that you met Jesus Christ for the disciples, it was on that, when they were on the shore, and they were, he said, follow me. For you, it might have been at an altar. It might have been at your house. It might have been with a friend or whatever. But let me tell you this, behold, from that moment, all things have become new, not just your destination of heaven or hell. Not just that. So you have to understand from that moment, you have to understand what God has done or brought into our life. Let me put it like this. There was a man in the Bible, in, uh, in Acts chapter 26, he was a very zealous guy. He was serving God. His name was Saul, or he wasn't serving God. He was trying to destroy the work of God. His name was Saul. Uh, he gets arrested. They brought him before Festus. Festus didn't know what to do. He was like, I don't know how to handle you. You, you are a legend among our people. And now I'm supposed to put you on trial. You're doing all these horrible things now because you're supporting the cause of Jesus Christ. We crucified him to shut this down. What are you doing running your mouth? He didn't know what to do. King Agrippa was coming in. He said, thank God, now I can put you off the King Agrippa. You can, you, you can go before him. He'll figure out what to do for, with you. So they bring him before the king, and, and he comes out. He's, he's arrested. He's a rebel. He comes in with his, his feet uh, bound, his hands bound. He comes before the king, and this is what he says. Watch this as he goes into this. And king Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for, thy small, for thyself. And then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee touching all the things whereof I'm accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert of the customs and the questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. Paul is going to testify. Now, the thing is, he begins to testify where he came from. Do you know where he came from? He was lost. He wants to identify with those that are lost. I get you. I've been there. I know what it's like to be lost. Now, now the thing that he says in verses 4 to 6 was his religious background. He begins to say, I was a Pharisee, and I knew the law, and I did this, and I traveled, and I stood before all these people, and, and I was commissioned, and I had all these, all, all these good things in my life. But remember, he said, I'm happy to do this because he wanted to tell the rest of the story of what was going on. He said, I was a good person. Verse 9, he said, I, I, I verily thought within myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus Christ. He was a rebel. I'm going to shut this guy down. You know why he does that? You know why people go against the things of Jesus Christ? Because they're lost. So why would people want to go to hell? Because they're lost. Why would people not want to follow the Bible and live right? They're lost. I, if we could understand who we're trying to reach and why, why, why this is such a big deal, which thing I did also in Jerusalem and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received the authority of the chief priests and, and when they were put to death, I, I gave my voice against them and I do punish them off 
even in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even into strange cities. He was zealous. He was wrapped up in religion. He thought he was doing the right things. He's, he's talking about, he's just describing, guys, let me tell you what it's like to be lost. And all these things that he's saying, he says, man, so he didn't go so crazy. He remembered where he came from. He remembered what he did. He remembered who he was. Verse 12, whereupon I went to Damascus with the authority of the commission of the chief priest. But at midday, O king, I saw in the way of a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun and shining about me with journey with me and, and were being all fallen to the earth. And I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. It's hard for you to fight against what I'm doing right here. Now, we can get so caught up in the visual of what's happening here, but here's the thing. He was lost, and Jesus found him. Amen. That, that's what's happening. He was lost, but Jesus didn't just find him randomly. You've got to understand, Jesus was on a mission, found him in his lost condition. The only way the lost get found is somebody has to be on a commission to seek and to save that which is lost. The idea that they're randomly going to walk in the church and say, I feel unfulfilled in my life. Tell me about this Jesus. That, that's, not, that's not normal. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but that's not the normal thing. Have you forgotten what it was like to be lost? Have you forgotten where you were at before somebody sought you out and thank God they did? And it might have been being invited to church or invited when you were working or somebody turned on the radio and you heard a preacher. I don't know what your story is, but I know this. Somebody felt the calling to lift up the word of God, to give the sacrifice of whatever was needed to so you could hear the truth. And that changed your life forever. Amen. Now let's look at this again. Verse 16 Jesus didn't leave it just as salvation. It wasn't just about the light coming on. He said in verse 16, But rise and stand upon thy feet. This is just the beginning. He said, Rise up, stand at thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for what? For this what? Purpose. Oh, wait a minute. It's not just about saving you. I'm calling you. To a purpose. Let, let me tell everybody that's here, everybody that's online, wherever you're at right here, you are saved for a purpose. You have purpose in your life. You are special to God, and I'll tell you that's salvation that came into our life. Salvation gave us purpose. More than just the ticket into heaven. Now, we got to examine this because a lot of times, like, I've got purpose, you know what the average Christian thinks their purpose in life is to do? I go to church on Sunday. Woohoo! Good for you. High five everybody right now. You're awesome. <laughs> that's not what he said, even though that's a good thing. And don't get me wrong, we should go to church. It should be part of our lives. It is where we hear the truth. It is a design of God for bringing us together in that huddle. We don't stay in the huddle. Because we can't play the game if we stay in the huddle. You see, he begins to describe it like this. <clears throat> Verse 16 again. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, comma, to make thee. I'm going to do something. <clears throat> I have an action. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to transition you. I'm going to make you. You realize that whatever you were at when you got saved was just the beginning, guys. 
It was just the beginning. Paul was like, I don't know where you're going with this purpose thing, but you don't know me. I'm not good enough. And God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to make you into something that you didn't think you could possibly be. God loves to take crackheads and dopeheads and people that have been out on drugs and drinking and addictions and people that have lost their marriages and people that have been in prison and everything else. God loves those people to be able to transition them so they can come out and say, let me tell you what God did in my life. Nobody is below being saved. Nobody is beyond reach of God. Nobody is beyond being changed by God. He says in Philippians 1.16, he talked about that he that began a good work and you will continue it. This is just the beginning. If you stayed at ground zero of, oh, I'm saved, you have not experienced the fulfillment and the purpose of your life. Amen. There's more. There's a lot more to be in your life. See, our thing is to be Christ-like, is to be called to be like him christ-like is to follow after jesus and do what he did but he said verse 16 but rise up stand upon thy feet for i have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister to make thee a minister if, if we were to break this down let me make it so simple to you guys that to, to help us to understand do you know what a minister serve simply is as a servant a minister is a servant. Like, I am not one to go to the pulpit and preach. I am not one to be on Facebook Live doing this. I'm not one. Listen, all of us are different. But this is one thing that we're all the same. You, whoever you are, online, in person, let me tell you this right now. You are called to be a servant. That is your purpose. It's your purpose. Uh, I Before... I got shut down with COVID-19 and everything. I got, I got to go out to dinner with Joseph Wicks, and we're sitting there, and uh, um, uh, me and him were hanging out, and we had waiters bringing things to us, and they just took what we, what we ordered, what we needed, and they, they put it on a plate, and they brought it to us and said, here it is. We have what you need. L- let me just make this so simple as for every Christian here. Do you know what your job is? You, you found something that the world needs. Your job and your purpose in your life is to take what God has given you and give it to those who don't have it. I mean, we, we complicate this so half. And we, we sit there, we're talking about the sin offering. That's part of it. Praise God, that's part of it. They would not have vans and visas and church buildings. They would not have Bibles and plane tickets if we didn't do that. Praise God, we need to do that. We, we need the monthly commitment. We need the one-time sin. We need all that. That's part of it. But, but, but God's given you more than just money. Now, that's part of it, but a bigger part of it is the time and the talents because not only do people in the Czech Republic need Jesus, the people in Canal Winchester need Jesus, and your time and your talent is used to accomplish those things. You are simply taking what God has given you, and you use it for the glory of God of reaching others. You are a minister. So where are you getting this? Oh, it's, it's all right here. It's right here in the scripture. You made it so simple. To make thee a, a minister and a witness. It, it's a two-part thing. It's, it's not just taking what you have and giving it to others. He puts it like this. He said, your purpose is to share what God has done. Uh, in, in verse 2 of Acts 26, verse 2, he said, I think myself, the word is happy. I, I love that word. It's just, he said, I think myself. I, I don't know if he was giddy. I don't, I, he was just man joyful in what he was doing. He said, man, I've got to tell you, I'm excited about this. I'm happy. There's a reason for this. You realize that 
if I am called according to the purpose, and I know that God has a plan for my life and God makes no mistakes, do you realize that every step that I take and everything that I do in my life has purpose? Let me give you a verse that we often say with this, but maybe we don't connect to this. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So wait a minute. That means that everything that I am doing in my life has purpose. Not just the bad. We'll sit there and say, well, we went through a car accident. Well, God has a purpose because everything. You realize even the good in your life has purpose? God blesses you with kids, and God says, I'm going to use those for the glory of God. They are called for a purpose. God blesses you with a new job. God blesses you with a new location. God blesses you with a new church. God, whatever. God says, everything you have is for one major reason. That is the glory of God and to bring about the purpose in your life. Purpose. You think about it. Start changing your mind when everything comes with that. I I am a minister. I have a job in my life to accomplish the purpose that God has given us. That that is what we do. Uh, In Acts 9.15, Paul was talking about what his purpose was. Now listen, your your purpose isn't the thing of Paul's. God says, I'm calling that dude. I've got a plan for him. Because that guy has some specific skill sets. He can get before King Agrippa in Festus. Actually, when God was calling him, he said, he said to go the way, excuse me, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before Gentiles and kings. I don't know what God has planned for you, but I know this, that you're not just an average teenager going to school. God says, I'm going to bear my name to those that are at Canal Winchester High School. I, I don't know where you work, but I know this. God says, I have a purpose because not everybody's called to be pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. But God says, I have a purpose because I know where he works, and I know that there's people that are lost where he works, and he's going to bear my name before those people there to be a witness. That is what we do. <clears throat> Notice how he continues. Though. Now, I am salvation gave me purpose. I'm not just here anymore. Everything in my life, everything that I do is for the purpose of God. And if you feel like I'm going through life and I don't know why I'm here or whatever, get into the Bible and understand that God has an amazing plan for your life. It's purpose. But see, the next thing is, he said in verse 17, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles now unto whom I send thee. See, our purpose gave us a mission. So now I did to discover God, God pulls them out of those people, brings them over here and says, dude, here's, here's your job. You are a minister. Okay, all right. I serve people, give what I have. I got that. There's another thing. I, I want you to be a witness. I want you to tell them and be a shining light of me. Okay, I've got that. Now what do I do? He goes, now I'm going to send you back unto the same people. We're not saved to be in a holy huddle and stay in this bubble. We're, we're, not, we're not called to go to church and then just keep our good news of Jesus Christ where we sing about it here. That isn't accomplishing the mission because the mission is to be able to reach those now that are lost. That is what we do to who am I, I send thee. Uh, you, you can imagine, he's, he's explaining this in verse 18. He says, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Now, this, this is such a cool thing of what he was saying. With, he's giving a visual. That's what the darkness, the light illustration was. He said, your mission is to help them to see. That's, it's as it's, it's simple as that. When you minister, when you take what you have, 
offering, time, talents, and you give that through your life to those that don't have it, you begin to help what you have in your life to help them go from darkness to light. Now here's the crazy thing. The world around us is so blind and we get so mad at them for being so blind. Let's just be honest. We'll go through Facebook. That's dumb. That's dumb. Holy cow. Did you see this? Oh my goodness. What are they thinking? I mean, that's, that's our life. God didn't call us to complain about what people are doing wrong. Amen. God, you're really making a difference. Well, I'm going to make a bold comment about that. I don't like that. And that's not what... What are you doing? And here it is. They're over there in the darkness. God says, here, let me show you an amazing thing that you can do. I'm going to send you unto them so that the difference, the light that you have, which is Jesus in me, can shine in the darkness. But I'm going to let you guys in on something that's really powerful. People in the dark cannot see the light unless the light goes to the people in the dark. So for us to sit here and talk and sing about a great God that can change their life and not do anything with it, shame on us. Because I'm living empty life because I'm not accomplishing the purpose of which I was saved to do. I have to go. That is what he said. Therefore, what I send you to do, I'm going to send you to be the light. The light is you being different in darkness. Which literally means they're living this way and talking one way and have priorities this way. And you come in and be something totally different. You are the opposite of what they are. In a world of hate, we are love. And I'm not saying that we're not truth. Declare truth. Preach truth. Share truth. But do it in love. That, that, That is the light of the gospel. That is what we do. But also, your mission is to help them to be set free. He said to the next thing, and from the power of Satan unto God. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, is what he was saying through this. Now, let me put that in application. You understand that if we we put it so much in like doctrinal points, okay, you know, as we're doing this, I I know I'm printing them out, and we're doing this, our purpose is purpose gave us a mission your mission is to help set them free i'm like okay to help set them free i need to set people free let me just show you how cool this is joseph wicks knows how to use tools great communicator grew up in church went off to bible college and he just was like man i had a burden to go to the philippines and he went to the philippines and he helped calvin for three four months god burdened his heart he used the talents and things that he had of doing that he comes back he meets out with the people of medical missions he's like man i want to do this full time And all of a sudden, now he's going to these places just simply doing and giving what God's put in his life. And he's like, wow. And through the means of doing that, people are now hearing the gospel and having their lives changed. The same thing with Glory Reign Stables. We're talking real and practical here, okay? We're talking about being a minister and setting them. So when you step into the darkness of people that are going through addictions and problems and hurts, and they say, I have horses and I have property and I, have, I, I, know, I know people and kids that are going through a difficult time. Let, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me love on you. That is turning them from the power of Satan unto God. You say, how is you doing that? You are simply loving them with what you have. You are going to them the where they're at. You are using what you have to accomplish it. And it changes lives. Changes lives. Let, let me give you one. I, I, I have another illustration of this because of the fact is I think sometimes that's how we always think. 
I came in this room like four weeks ago, and this, this was all uh, in, a, in a construction zone, and I found Sc uh, Scott Crabtree and uh, Richard Hartman both up here, literally with all these things, and they were taking uh, all, all these letters and forming them out and uh, gluing these things on and doing all these different things. And I'm standing there off to my side saying, you know how much just that graphic of what them to use in their talents and their abilities to formulate and put that together to allow us to put it online and teach it to you that leads to us giving, that leads to that going. All of it is used for the glory of God. It's just using what Scott had of his talents and abilities of putting it there into motion for the glory of God. Now, let me just put it like this. You're not just a nurse. You're a servant and a minister of God that God's called to be a nurse while you're fulfilling the mission of God. You don't just work for a bank. You, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ everywhere you go and everything that you do. And along the way, you help count money and process it for Chase or whoever you work for. You're not just a high school student. You're not just a college student. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. You're not just an executive. I don't know what you do, but I can promise you it's more than existing and surviving from day to day. God has blessed you to use what you have for a purpose. And that purpose is accomplished as a mission to rescue those that are in darkness and turn them from darkness to light. But let me finish with this one. This is cool. Salvation gave us a purpose. Our purpose gave us a mission, and our mission brings fulfillment. You understand that this will completely change your life when you get this concept of being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I, and I promise you, I don't know how to put this in the words. So let me just talk and tell you my story because I don't know how to give a point. I had it in my mind that I was going to go to college and make a lot of money with the career that I was going for. That's, that's what I was going to do. I, I remember I went off to Pensacola Christian College. I signed up to be a computer science major. I went to a lot of classes. I went to a class called Cobalt. It was the most aggravating, made no sense class I've ever taken in all my life. It's an old computer language, drove me crazy, whatever. It's just blah, 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 blah. I had it in my mind, I'm going to push through this because I want to make money. And at the end of the class, at the end of the semester, I was like, how did it go? I was like, I don't know. I did it. I mean, it was done. I failed one of them, but that's not the point. Uh, I was there for my purpose. God got a hold of my heart my second semester of college. And I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life pursuing the mission that God has given me. God brought a wife into my life. God transitioned me to another college. I began to take classes. I begin. I remember the first time that they gave me an opportunity to go before a sixth grade boys class and, and, and teach and preach. And I was so nervous. I prepared for so long. Uh, I, I rambled through it. And I, I got up there and I remember teaching and I didn't know what I was saying. I gave my illustrations. I went through it. I get, did the games and all of them. And then I went back and I said, I think I totally messed that up. But it was so awesome. Because I found to use what God called me to, and I realized that I would never, ever, ever, ever be happier doing anything than what God created me to do for the glory of God. Amen. Now, I'm not telling you to go off and surrender to Bible college unless God's calling you to go off to Bible college or to preach or teach, but I'm going to tell you this, that there's more to life than making money. 
There's more to life than just trying to climb the ladder and go through things. It's bigger than this because everything that we have is going to fade away. It's going to go away. It's not going to last. It's not going to be here tomorrow. Your truck, your car, your house, your vacation, your boat, one day will be gone. But what we do for Jesus Christ will last forever. What we invest in for the glory of God makes a difference. It makes a difference. And something happens when you're doing what you were created to do. It does something to you internally that it makes you happy and fulfilled. Meaning I was made for this. Realize you were made for this. And you'll be happy doing those things. Paul said it like this. He said, I'm going to live for what matters. He said, I think myself happy to stand here this day. I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to do and give and go and do things in my life that matter. Guys, what do you do? I'll tell you what, examine your week this week. Man, playing video games is fun, but that's not going to do something that matters. Going on vacations, doing things, man, that's fun. But I want to be able to do things in my life of looking back at the end of my life and say, I did things that mattered. I gave the things that mattered. I went to people that mattered. I invested in things that mattered. Paul said it like this. He said, not only that. He said, I want to live with no regrets. Now, it's not in this passage that he said. It was later in Philippians when he said this. He said, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord. For I am suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He said, let me tell you my life. I look back at what I did of doing all these things for myself. And he said, honestly, it was dung. It's another word of saying waste. It's waste. And I I can't take it with me. It didn't change lives. It didn't do anything. But let me tell you about the day that I met Jesus Christ. And God gave me a purpose to be a minister of the gospel. And I began to live my life out serving Jesus Christ and doing for him what he called me to do. And he said, now I realize that all those things that I tried to do for self-gain and self-satisfaction... It was dung. It was waste. It was empty. I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to live empty. And I know so many people that are going through life and at the end of the day, they're just frustrated. But maybe throughout the day, there was somebody that God said, I brought you to that irritating boss to be a witness to him. I had that irritating neighbor come over and talk to you for an hour because they were depressed and needed somebody. I blessed you with a good job that you could give. I blessed you with time that you could serve. I blessed you with opportunities that you could witness. I blessed you with a family to raise them up. I blessed you with all of those things and everything that we have belongs to God, not us. I am a manager, not an owner. You guys remember that. All that you have, when you walk into your house, you get in your car, you see your kids, you just say, God, I acknowledge. I'm a manager, not an owner. And it will change your life because I'm to be a good steward of the things that he has given me.